Hey, and thanks for signing up for the Venom Podcast. It is April 1st, 2021. Your host this week, myself, Lee, and Reed. Hi. Here we are. I can't believe it that we will once again be reviewing Venom, as we do every week here on the Venom Podcast. We got that momentum. Smoke em if you got em. It's time for Venom. Venom was released in uh, 2018 uh, in a movie theater, back when people used to leave their homes and sit in an auditorium to take in movies. Reed, did you see this movie in a movie theater? Uh, I, Lee, 2018 is like is like ten years ago. Uh, <laughs> before times, the I don't bef- think I did. I believe I watched this on VOD. Yeah, I think I I think I watched it illegally, and then I watched it after, <laughs> like legit. But like, yeah. it just makes sense while we're talking about this. It's just such a layered movie. That's right. I couldn't experience it in a theater with all the distractions I needed. Uh, t- time alone to take in Tom Hardy's performance. Yeah, you need, I have the, the you need world's that pause, worst. You need that pause yes. button to really break down all the scenes and catch all the fine details. Because <laughs> the movie moves, it's so fast. Yeah. It's so fast. It's unlike any other uh, uh, cinematic art. I've <laughs> I have the world's worst uh, synopsis for this movie. Before we get down to it, a failed reporter is bonded to an alien entity, one of many symbiotes who have invaded Earth. But the being takes a liking to Earth and decides to protect it. We have to get the uh, the elephant in the room uh, acknowledged here. Symbiote. Well, Does that bother you, the way I said that? It's a symbiote. <laughs> it's symbiote? Yeah. You hit the O? You hit the yote? Okay, yeah. I've, uh, I've, I've gone most of my life saying it's symbiote, and that's also how it was pronounced. I understand that's absolutely not how it's like. It's like how uh, people from England say aluminium, but still spell it the same way and stuff like that. <laughs> it's like you're, you're fundamentally pronouncing it wrong. Uh, I will refer to them as symbiotes uh, throughout most of this. I will try to hit the yote, though, just for you. Because um, that's correct, right? It is symbiote. I, I, I fucking I have no idea, dude. I watch Venom. I can't be that smart. Yeah, but then it's symbiotic. So you want to say symbiote. Ah, whatever. Fuck it. <laughs> Directed by Ruben Fleischer, director yes. of Zombieland. Yes. Zombieland Famed Double Tap. director of Zombieland. Yeah. A totally real director who exists. <laughs> Uh, director of Zombieland, Zombieland Double Tap, and the upcoming Uncharted movie, uh, the video game adaptation starring Tom Holland. Yeah. So it's all connected, you see. You see, Spider-Man. This, when, the, when the Fleischer name goes down on a script lead, that's the seal of fucking quality, okay? Yeah, lock it in. Yeah. Uh, of course, this means that he has a connection to both Woody Harrelson and Tom Holland, so... You know, get Tom Holland... Oh, yeah, oh... <laughs> I did. I didn't Do the, think about that till now. <laughs> oh, and Emma St- Emma Stone is uh, in the Zombieland movies as yeah, well. Fuck she it. Let's just let's Stacey merge in let's, a different iteration. Of let's Spider-Man. merge. The, let's merge the three Spider verses. Lee, we got the Venom verse. We got the, uh, excuse me, the Fleischer verse. The Fleischer verse. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got the Andrew Garfield Spider Man through Gwen Stacy, and then we got Tom. Mm-hmm. Like, we can make a movie out of this. Yeah, uh, we, we need some connection to... We'll think of it. All right. Uh, this was written by six different screenplay writers that we know of. <laughs> uh, at least six people are credited with having written words for this movie. Uh, and it's based on the comic book character Venom, created by Todd McFarlane and David... And I'm going to go, go extra Italian with the last name, Michelini. Uh, <laughs> this, movie, uh, of course it could be- this movie feels like it was written by an Italian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Tom Hardy stars as reporter Eddie Brock, the titular Venom, 
Let's get underway. Yeah. Uh, Sony Columbia Pictures. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, no. I was just Any gonna... last thoughts before we get into this thing? No, once we I, start rolling, I man. was just going to say, goddamn, Tom Hardy. Uh, what an actor. Famed actor from Mad Max Fury Road from <laughs> Batman uh, Dark Knight Returns. He's from Inception, I think. Yeah, maybe? Dark Knight Rises, I believe. Yeah, he's in a bunch yeah. of really good movies, but like they were all just breadcrumbs leading to the end of the trail lee and that end of that trail was the venom trilogy deal that he signed for that's right and let's let's get it out of the way uh he seems to be playing eddie brock as a man who is perhaps on the spectrum there, there seems to be <laughs> maybe a, uh, i i there's like a touch of autism in this man's performance and it's like i think it's brilliant there's something uneasy about this character even before he is he is bonded with venom that makes him so wholesome and so endearing even though he does some pretty heinous things right out of the gate uh as as a reporter but yeah the, the choice of acting that tom hardy seems like he's uncomfortable in his own skin the entire movie <laughs> before there's an alien inside of his ass no, that's what uh, i'm trying to say lee i think we discussed this before but the rest of the movie outside of tom hardy is so plain and everybody is such, like, generic action-adventure movie actor person that Tom Hardy looked at this script and he went, oh, fuck, like, I, re- I gotta ham this up. I gotta, like, I gotta make this colorful at least. So I if think... You're in a, if you're in a scene with this guy, there's no acting left. He sucks up all the acting. Yeah, like, he's... he's and, uh... Yeah, yeah I, I, think he, I think he was, like, watching some, you know, Seinfeld. Uh, I think he was watching a little bit of some you know, classic 70s New York shows, and he's like, I gotta just be a bit of a caricature here. I gotta, you, yeah. know, you know, I give... You're saying he was inspired by Cosmo Kramer in his performance here? Because <laughs> I'm a... seeing what you're... I kind of see what you're, yeah, you're talking I, about. There's a little bit of Seinfeld in there. He's he's very animated. Uh, he's, yeah. He's going... He's hitting all the New York stereotypes, Lee. He's friendly to the homeless people. <laughs> That's he, right. Uh, he knows his local grocer by name. Yeah. Uh, he goes to a bodega, which is in of itself very New York City. Yeah, uh, he's a reporter. Yeah. You, like what other name the amount of movies where a person lives in New York and is a reporter? It's fucking ridiculous. Right, but of course, one of the plot, major plot points early on is that he has been ousted from New York City. Uh, and le- I mean, let's just get let's just oh, get right. there. This so, isn't even in New York. What the fuck? No, it's in San Francisco. <laughs> you you've seen this movie ten fucking times. I've seen this movie have you like eleven you, times? And Have I, you considered watching this movie once, sober, <laughs> and paying attention? No, no. I, I knew, I know in the back of my head that this movie does not actually yeah. take place in New York. But, like, Venom's whole shtick is that he is the arch rival and counterpart of Spider-Man. But there's right. no fucking mention of Spider-Man in this movie. It's all throwing me off, Lee. Right. But Venom does have a connection uh, to San Francisco in the comics. And, of course, 16-bit video games, Separation Anxiety... And Maximum Carnage. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Sony's Columbia Pictures is... Uh, why would I be talking about video games on the fucking Venom podcast? What a waste <laughs> of time. Uh, Sony's Columbia Pictures, in association with Marvel and Tencent, present Venom. <laughs> we hear radio chatter as a uh, far too fu- futuristic-looking spacecraft is returning to Earth, having, quote-unquote, secured the samples. Something is wrong. 
Mayday to Mission Control. The shuttle burns up as it enters the Earth's atmosphere. It crashes seconds later in a forested region. They said where it was. It's somewhere in, like, like Malaysia or something. It's somewhere, like, in that area of the world. I didn't catch Non-America. Exactly yeah, not, not America. The jungle. Uh, time passes, and a rescue and recovery mission is underway. Men in hazmat suits swarmed, swarm the ruins shuttle. A large glass container containing an alien goo is lowered slowly from an opening on the ship. In a control room, we're introduced to Jenny Slate as Dr. Dora Skirth and Riz Ahmed as Carlton Drake. Fuck yeah. Riz, would you like to tell us a little bit about Carlton Drake? So, Carlton Drake, what can I say about this man? Uh, not a lot. <laughs> he, Carl- There's not a lot to say about him other than... Okay, this is this is the list of things we know about Carlton Drake. He is a pharmaceutical company owning billionaire. Yeah, he has created something called the Life Foundation. He is performing. Is, yeah, he's he created yeah. the Life Foundation. He's performing unethical experiments. He has <laughs> well, a, that's not like a thing known about him, but <laughs> is definitely something about him. No, we yes. as the viewer know he has a god complex, uh, and he has the mm-hmm. he has the voice and temperament and. Uh, of like a very calm but angry Costco employee, like he never really raises his voice at any point in this movie, especially when like he should be very angry. Uh, <laughs> like this guy has no, this guy has nothing. He's fucking nothing. He's just like give me my sample, and then he gives a homeless man a biblical speech about Isaac or some shit. And then, like, and then he <laughs> ends. True. Then he all happens. Yeah. Then he ends the movie in white sneakers and like kills his entire staff for no fucking reason. Like, Reed, how could you spoil this movie? I'm, oh, people I'm, could be listening, I'm, not I'm, knowing what Venom is, not knowing that Carlton Drake is a, is a, a bad guy. Yeah, you know, some people <laughs> just go out looking for the Venom podcast without actually having watched Venom. It's possible. That's right. I, I, yeah. Don't uh, put us in a box. What are your thoughts? Uh, Drake demands uh, status report. Uh, There was a breach, a distress call, and the crew has not been found. Only three of the four organisms have been recovered. Astronaut Jameson, which of course is an acknowledgement of J. Jonah Jameson's son, who is an astronaut who in most origin stories of Venom has something to do with bringing the symbiote or symbiote back to the Earth. Uh, Other than the actual comic book origin where where Spider-Man brings it back from... I believe the Secret Wars. Anyway, yes. uh, the cartoon origin that we are all familiar with from the '90s. Uh, it's brought back on an astronaut. Uh, he is discovered alive. He coughs once or twice and is escorted from the crash site in a, uh, crash site in an ambulance. Literally seconds later, Jameson awakens and murders the two paramedics in the ambulance with him. The ambulance crashes and rolls into the woods. One of the murdered paramedics exits the roof uh, of the downed ambulance and fast heals a leg wound. I think there's something sinister about the situation in this paramedic. <laughs> Title card, it's fucking Venom. 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 Venom, Venom, Michelle Williams plays Anne Weighing. She has a last name, although I don't know if it's ever mentioned in the movie. Uh, she awakens a sleeping Eddie Brock. Uh, played by the aforementioned uh, 5'9 heartthrob Tom Hardy. With a pillow strike, Anne is wearing a suit. <laughs> Uh, she has dispositions uh, in the Life Foundation case today. She has some connection to Carlton Drake. The Life Foundation is also the corporation. As I said, Carlton Drake is the CEO. Uh, boring. Boring, boring. <laughs> um, uh, Eddie has a meeting to attend. Uh, coffee and I love yous are exchanged. Establishing shots of San Francisco, not New York City. Eddie Brock gets a video highlight reel inset with him tearing up San Fran Street on a motorbike. 
the Eddie Brock Report appears to be a cable news show of some sort. So we get like a, a we get like a video package here of Eddie Brock and his it's accomplishments. A, a big, yeah. Be, yeah, he's he's a shit disturber. He's yeah, uh, he, but he, you know the, the impression I always got Leo is that he was running like a YouTube channel or some shit or like what or at least was a freelance he's a conspiracy where he, theorist. Yeah, <laughs> he's like Alex Jones. He's like oh the fucking frogs are turning us gay. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, the impression I always got was he just filmed, like, his own segment uh, and then gave them to, like, local news stations or some shit. And then, like, it shows... Here's the perplexing thing. It shows Tom Hardy... By the way, we're never going to refer to Eddie as Eddie. He's always just Tom Hardy. Okay, well, I'm going to refer to Eddie as Eddie a billion times in my uh, <laughs> thing here. But outside of that, so Tom, consider Tom Hardy and Tom and Eddie yeah, to be Tom, the same We, we see Tom character. Hardy in this montage driving around on his bike being reporter man but then he's being filmed by this crew and wouldn't it make way more sensely for tom hardy to be traveling with his film crew why why is he driving solo to all these fucking places uh well he he when he goes to interview drake and he's bankrolled right we learn that he's working for uh, uh something some kind of organization uh with a really fancy building and he, so he's bankrolled by them to to do this and he does have a crew with him when he goes to interview drake in a little bit here <clears throat> so it doesn't really for a movie that characterizes the security guard at his work and a homeless lady and the lady at the bodega it is weird that his cameraman and his crew are not uh g- given personalities or anything they are just there when they need to be like the uh, chicken and duck on well may- maybe just... tom hardy just hates him because he keeps traveling to these places by himself that's right uh, so, yeah, it, there's a bit of production value. It, it's weird that the synopsis I read said that he's a failed reporter. Because if anything, he, that's not what he is. He's living in, a, like, he's living in downtown San Francisco. Uh, the fucking real estate around there, even to rent a condo, is probably upwards of $5,000. So him and Anne are doing pretty well for themselves. Pretty put together. Uh, I, was, I put here, Brock appears to be a, uh, to report on deep, uh, report deep into covered up news and the dirty laundry of big companies. Seems to be what gets him, what gets him off. <laughs> uh, uh, Eddie enters an expensive looking lobby Shouts out the security guard Who I believe is played by a actor from Sons of Anarchy Sure <laughs> uh, You'd have to check that You'd have to check on that uh, Eddie is told uh, he will have the opportunity to interview Carlton Drake by his superior Who I don't believe has ever given a name nope. uh, Drake wants to flop up uh, his space program After the recent crash And that's all Eddie is asked to do Why he decides to assign Eddie to this He's assignment. Like known wild card and like guy yes. who always asks the tough questions. Like and this building's fucking hugely. Like they have to have a hundred reporters there under their wing. But no, let's that could go do a fluff piece on, on Carlton Drake. Yeah, let's go send fucking Tom Hardy there and uh see what happens. Well, the movie has to happen. Yeah, the movie. Uh, so plot. Eddie is visibly dis- disappointed. He can't ask the questions he will undoubtedly want to. He's a crook, Eddie mutters. His boss guilt trips him and then tells him to do his fucking job. It's date night. Anne and Eddie sit uncomfortably close in a booth. Anne asks if Eddie will behave himself tomorrow. Anne reveals her uh, firm works for Drake uh, as her firm represents the Life Foundation. She does not work for him directly. Eddie keeps accusing her of this. Uh, she reveals this. Uh, to us, I guess, because Eddie would already know this. Uh, so it's a really weird thing if you were just, like, out on a date with your significant other, and then she told you what she did for a living. Yeah, that would be weird. Weird. Be a little strange. <laughs> uh, Eddie promises not to behave uh, and to, in fact, do his job. Anne reminds him that they don't want a repeat of the Daily Globe incident. 
Eddie was apparently kicked out of New York City. He was run out of town. Yeah, they're like, you can't live here, motherfucker. Yeah, you can't stay. Yeah. You gotta. You just have to go. Yeah. Uh, they begin making out at the booth, which is... Even weirder. Don't, don't do that. Yeah. Come on. Uh, short motorboke, motorboke, a short motorbike ride home, and it's time to play uh, the fuck jams. Uh, there's some implied sex. It's now the middle of the night. Anne lays sleeping, undoubtedly satisfied by a night of lovemaking. Eddie, <laughs> Eddie awakens for a drink, scoops on Anne's laptop, what and within seconds begins reading her emails. <laughs> Like, uh, Anne says at the fucking date, like, don't go through my shit, drop it. What's the first thing Eddie does? And I bet you the sex was premeditated by Eddie. He's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get her in a place of comfort. I'm gonna do the security blanket method. I'm gonna, you know, she's gonna drop her guard when she least expects yeah. it. I'm just gonna fucking go onto this multi-million dollar lawyer's laptop and just, like, get all her shit. This is... This like brings into uh, into question Eddie's character. Obviously, we're to we're to believe that he's virtuous. It's a means to an end. He's trying to defend the innocent and uh, uncover the story of of evil. So ultimately, this man is is a hero. His methods, of course, are already showing us prior to anything else happening in this movie that he is a bit of an anti-hero. No, and he's willing to do things that are. <laughs> I completely disagree about the anti-hero thing. Anti-hero is like is like well he. He knowingly fucks up his life by doing this. No, like this, but... <laughs> this never gets resolved. At the end of the movie, this moment still fucks up his life. Right, but like Magneto is like an anti-hero. He does bad things and good things. No, Tom Hardy does a lot of good things, but then he just shits on his girlfriend. Like, no, he's just kind of a douchebag. That's all it is. <laughs> so uh, he takes a really big chance here, leaving this to the night before his interview, and just he <laughs> happens to wake up and he's like, "Okay, I have a chance now." If, if he happened to have slept in, for example, and Anne was already getting ready for work and leaving, this this whole charade would have been a bit... Anyways, uh, he sees references to human trials and payouts in Anne's emails, and he narrows his brow. Yeah, why are these human trials being sent out in generic emails to, like, a third-strung lawyer like Anne? Also, if we're going to question Eddie's morals, we also have to talk about Anne. Yeah. I understand that she works for a firm, and that lawyers got a lawyer, you know, you got to... You gotta defend the side that's paying you. Uh, but if there's clear evidence that a pharmaceutical company is doing human trials that result in death or, or or otherwise incapacitation of these poor people and that they're being forced into this stuff, ah, man, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. I, Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Carlton Drake speaks in front of a group of children who are touring a Life Foundation facility or museum or something. We learn that it's kind of all one place. Uh, the Life Foundation is like... An office building, a lab, a like huge, huge like paddock uh, on the on the coast. Yeah, they 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 house an entire security, well armed security team with dune buggies and everything. Yeah, well, it's got a space force. It's got like a space. They got rockets and stuff. So you need armed thugs. Yeah, to protect that kind of shit. To protect the space uh, doctors, parts. <laughs> doc, yeah, Doctor Skirth appears to escort the children away. Eddie and a cameraman walk and talk with Carlton Drake. Eddie talks up all of Drake's accomplishments, born to British parents, at 19 discovered a way to triple life expectancy of pancreatic cancer patients. At 24, he creates the Life Foundation, and then it's time to explore space. Drake believes space exploration is the most crucial way to solve the problems on Earth. His words. That, he, this is something he literally says. Yeah, he's just like, oil, space. Yeah. <laughs> You're not thinking big enough. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, Eddie turns hostile and begins to question Drake aggressively about his pharmaceutical company. Eddie alleges the foundation tests its drugs on human subjects and have amassed quite a body count. Drake calls it fake news. Eddie pushes further and starts mentioning the legal cases, even by name, that he stole from Anne's laptop. Drake plays dumb. Eddie produces the names again He's uh, that he swiped, as I said just now. Sorry, read my notes wrong. He is immediately swarmed by security guards and tossed off the premises. Oh, man, the acting range from Carlton Drake here. Just yeah. varied emotions from slightly annoyed to annoyed. Jo- jo- yeah, jovial, cocky, annoyed <laughs> to, yeah. Uh, it's, all in all, he, he handled that pressure like a champ from Eddie Brock. He's just like, oh, security, take right. him away. That's it. Call, called it fake news. Yeah. Uh, you know, d- totally discredited. So it's a, it's a uh, very important to note for later in the plot that this man is now well aware that this is Eddie Brock. Uh, being his resources, he probably, and the fact that we know what happens next with uh, Anne, he probably knows Eddie's location, he probably knows Eddie's loved ones, all this stuff. This is very important. Well, Drake has a chance to act here. So so the thing that's interesting is that this guy's got so many billions of dollars and he's got so many armed guards and no doubt he's got intelligence uh, and like spies and stuff working for him too, uh, that, that someone at the firm... Uh, that they use for the Life Foundation that has these sensitive emails is a live-in girlfriend of a fucking deep, uh, like, conspiracy reporter. <laughs> Seems a little little suspect, but again, Reed, the movie has to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> Eddie is in his boss's office asking for forgiveness. Eddie says that Drake is evil. His boss demands to know Eddie's source. Eddie says it's just a hunch and doesn't give up Anne. Uh, his boss calls him a dumbass. Uh, before firing him and telling him to have a nice life. Eddie waits for Anne outside her work. She exits carrying a box of her shit. She's also been fired over what Eddie did. So Eddie defending her is meaningless now. He should have gone all the way. Why would he then defend <laughs> Anne? Eddie, just so in the moment... Just immediately thinks, goes back I can't, to his firm. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't say I stole this information from Anne, even though it could potentially save my job here, I'm still going to be worried about Anne, someone that I've compromised twice in the last 24 hours. Uh, so <laughs> Anne has been fired. She accuses Eddie of using her and gives him a ring back from her finger. And she's absolutely uh, right to do so. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and we didn't really know the the relationship status here. They seemed to be maybe engaged or there was like a promise ring. It was a longer relationship, let's say. Yeah. Uh, no time to waste. Smash cut to fancy lab parking lot. Trucks enter carrying the alien goo pods. Drake looks upon them and smiles. This entire scene is maybe four seconds long. <laughs> uh, our paramedic from the prologue, uh, zombie walks into a night market and eats a live eel. A man cooking nearby gives her shit about it. Her arm forms into a blade and cuts the man's jugular. Some, ro- uh, some jobbers circle the paramedic. She flexes and expels metal shards from her body, murdering uh, most people present. She approaches an old sweeping woman and deposits her goo in her it should be noted lee but we don't show the killing we got to keep this pg-13 for the kids you, right. you know it's, it's i i felt it was relatively violent I like don't, i don't really don't, think I of the think so okay like i don't think of the violence and i don't think of the rating unless something takes me out of it and uh i feel for the most part i'm gonna give this movie a, the, the the credit it deserves in faking uh, it being a higher rating than it is. <laughs> you you want to see gore, apparently. <laughs> well, you know, a little bit of extra something. You know, it's a little bit like Lord of the Rings kind of action. Nothing wrong with that. Sure. Yeah. Implied violence. <laughs> it's done tastefully. 
Uh, six months later, six months later, half a year later, Dr. Skirth and Drake are conducting tests, seeing if they can get this alien goo to bond Wait, this is with a six white months rabbit. later? This is six months so later. So Eddie is still drinking at bars, acting like he's a fucking loser six months after the fact? I'm telling you that Eddie is well off. Like, to call him a failed reporter is completely false. Right. This is no, a man but, who, like, the yeah. next scene we see of Eddie Brock, he's at the bar, and he's like, Hey, bartender, do you ever think your life's some big joke? You're like, Eddie, it's been, like, six fucking months, and you have a big apartment. Like, get over it, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. Move on. Move on, guy. Uh... <laughs> The, uh, the symbiote, or symbiote, seems to take to the rabbit. Skirth explains uh, that it's like an organ transplant, and it won't work with everyone. She explains this to us, because Drake would undo- undoubtedly already know this, as they've been conducting tests for six months. <laughs> Drake says uh, she's at the forefront of scientific breakthrough. It's time to begin human trials. Uh, Skirth is visibly shaken by this idea. Her, uh, he then threatens her livelihood and asks about her kids, Does, and then leaves. Lee, doesn't this all make way more sense if this was like a week after... Like Eddie broke no, up with six, Anne. No, it's six months later. Right, but six if it later. was just a week after, it would explain well, why. Well, then Anne, it would expl- Anne moved on really quickly. If that's the case, well, yeah, sure, fuck it. And then, but it makes sense for Eddie because he's still like this depressed man thing. And then it makes sense for Carlton Drake, who's a psychopath who wants to go to human trials after a week. It's still bad to go after six months. Don't get me wrong, but it would have been even more bad if it was just after a week. Eddie sits drinking in a bar. Carlton Drake appears on the TV. Eddie mouths off. A hipster sitting near him recognizes Eddie. Eddie drunk walks home. I used to be Eddie Brock. (laughs) (laughs) Took my job. (laughs) My my health. (laughs) He's like, oh, Uh, hey, homeless lady, how you doing? (laughs) (laughs) He shouts out a homeless woman. Uh, this, This woman is like central casting definition of a homeless woman. Like, we need a homeless woman. They probably had to tell her not to do a Cockney accent as she sat. She's covered in, like, soot or, like, general homeless dirt. Uh, she griffs Eddie for a newspaper, having bought out the nearby newsstand. This might be uh, the most unbelievable part of the entire movie. Uh, Eddie enters a bodega. So so she says $5, $5 for a newspaper or $1 for a newspaper and I sing for you. Eddie then gives her 20 bucks. Which a failed reporter who's been out of work for six months would not be doing. Right, ex- but, uh, we, especially yeah. probably because he's like, he has $20 to fuel your drug addiction. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Eddie subscribes to the, like, fallout uh, uh, karma system. Where it's just like, you do some heinous shit to your girlfriend, but then you give a homeless person a bunch of purified water and, like, ultimately <laughs> the universe evens out. Right, but if you're doing it for so- selfish reasons, it doesn't count. Lee. <laughs> well, yeah, but the game doesn't know that. <laughs> The game just tells you you're a good, you're a good man, Eddie Brock. All, you mean the movie? Yeah, the game, the movie, whatever. <laughs> Eddie enters the bodega where the clerk lady tells him that he looks like shit. Excuse me, asks Eddie. She tells him to meditate like she showed him. She curses him in her native language as Eddie wanders to the back of the store. A short, gravel-voiced thug wanders in and robs the register. Eddie hides during the robbery before sheepishly coming to the counter with his purchase. Life hurts, Eddie, says the clerk. Eddie arrives home to his apartment. <laughs> this fucking beautiful... This dude's been out of a job for six months. He's drinking at bars. He's handing out $20 bills to homeless people. And he lives yeah. in a big studio apartment in the middle of downtown San Francisco. Fuck off, movie. <laughs> uh, well, like, that's the thing. is like The, the apartment is like supposed to be kind of... Shit. Not dingy, but like his across-the-hall the, the neighbor is like a metalhead burnout. 
It's like, that guy can't afford this fucking apartment he's sitting in. Right, it's, I don't even know how Eddie does it. It has and like, beautiful painted white doors. It has a big <laughs> walk-in kitchen with an island. Money, you fix the damn door. Yeah, like, Peter Parker's apartment was a piece of shit. That was, like, beige and the wallpaper was coming off and shit. Fucking Eddie Brock has hardwood floors. Like, what is this? Moving on. Yeah, I don't know, man. His toilet, though. Uh, Eddie <laughs> arrives home to his apartment. Uh, his across-the-hall neighbor is making out with a chick in the hall. Uh, he waters a dying plant in his own apartment and grabs a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Eddie <laughs> kicks back in his apartment, searching the help-wanted ads and laying on his floor to meditate. His moment of zen is interrupted by his across-the-hall neighbor playing a sick guitar solo. Carlton Drake gives a speech to his lab techs. It's time to start human trials. A nervous man is escorted into a sealed room with a symbiote canister. There's no need to be frightened, Isaac, says Drake, before he starts quoting scripture. I don't know if he heard that the volunteer's name was Isaac and had this prepared, or that learning at this moment that this guy's name was Isaac, he cut a promo on the spot. No, Either way. I think he has like a playbook of all biblical references that he could possibly yeah. break out at any given Does moment. Does he have a biblical name? Oh, great. And, <laughs> I'm, and I'm questioning, Lee, if he's trying to impress the homeless man he's about to kill, or if he's trying to impress his staff. And we don't know how many of these speeches he's given. Does he give one to each new homeless person? He gives a number of speeches throughout the movie. Uh, and it seems like he's only out to impress himself. Like, because human life to him is is nothing. He he <laughs> readily kills his own staff and... and yeah, like some, yeah. some guy comes in and he gives him the miracle and ice speech. This is your time. It's designing the pancreatic cancer uh, elongator or whatever the fuck he did seems to be a means to an end to, to generate billions of dollars. He doesn't... It's strange that the... That he couldn't have just created something that had nothing to do with human life. But then the Life Foundation, it all rhymes, you see. It's like poetry. Yeah. Uh, his rant ends with him saying God has abandoned them. <laughs> and that he and Isaac will save mankind. <laughs> uh, they, like, touch hands through the glass. Like, he puts his hand on the glass and the other guy puts his hand on the glass. He's like, homeless, looks confused yeah, about it. homeless drug addict is like, what the fuck is this guy saying? Are you going to fuck me now? What's happening? <laughs> when do uh, the I get the $500? <laughs> do I get my $500 now? Or... <laughs> Uh, and the alien goo crawls towards Isaac and up into his body. It absorbs into his shirt and disappears. Vitals are steady, says a lab tech. Where did it go, ponders Isaac. Before his body starts to contort horribly, Isaac falls to the ground dead. The symbiote exits his body. Drake calls for the next volunteer. Prepares his next speech. Well, we don't get a next speech because the, the movie can't stop for a fucking second. <laughs> we are back on the street. And Eddie is able to secure a newspaper as the homeless woman from earlier has disappeared. Eddie spills his guts to nobody in particular before outing a spying Doric skirth inside the bodega. Uh, she's been looking to speak to him. She confirms everything he accused Drake of, including using live, misled, or even homeless as test subjects. You know, it's interesting uh, that you pointed out that he was being really subtle and he point and he's like, oh, you're not really good at hiding. I did it forever, right? Yeah. Think about yes. the scene later where he's at the facility. No stealth at all from this fucking guy. Like, 
No, he's very confident. That's what, like, there's something wrong with him. I don't know. And when I say wrong, I mean there's something, it's just something off. It's something that's not acknowledged He in does the, movie. the exact opposite of what everybody tells him to do. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got some kind of complex. Like, something's wrong with, with Eddie Brock. And, uh, anyways. Uh, Eddie asks her if she's uh, seen people die. She says yes. He takes her aside and explains his life was ruined by Drake. That's not true. His life was ruined by him. Uh, he should be afraid, and he, she, she should go to the cops. Uh, Eddie says he is done with this shit and marches away. Eddie stands on the street outside Anne's apartment. He peers through the window at her cat. That is a actual cat. He's not looking at her pussy or anything like that. Uh, as Anne wow. uh, and her new lover, Dan, pull up. Dan and Eddie shake hands. Dan explains he's a fan of Eddie's work. Anne says, oh yeah? She's taken aback by this. I was one of them. I don't know what she, like, hit projects of Eddie's. Anyways, Dan seems very jovial and like, to be a very nice guy. Yeah, Dan's uh, Dan excuses fella. himself politely uh, so that Anne and Eddie can catch up. So, like, this goes on in the movie, but the character of Dan is such a flipped cliche that, like, the, the new boyfriend pulls up and, like, oh man, Eddie's got to hate his guts. But from Go, this guy is perfectly... Perfectly friendly, perfectly polite. And him and Eddie uh, get along. <laughs> yeah, and excuses himself. Like, can you imagine you pull up uh, to your to your girlfriend's apartment and her ex boyfriend is standing on the curb, and you have enough like wherewithal and like trust in your your girlfriend that you're just like, I'm gonna head upstairs and like you know start fluffing myself up so we can have a raucous night of sex, and you catch up with your ex, and I'll be up here uh, or whatever Dan was doing. Um, is is very interesting, and then it, it they they evolve this, and it's maybe one of the best parts of the movie. Let's be honest. Yeah, it is. Uh, anyways, uh, he shakes Eddie's hand once more and enters Anne's apartment. Eddie questions Anne about Dan. He's a surgeon and a nice guy, evidently. Anne tries to walk away. Eddie tries to keep the small talk going. He misses her and wonders if there's still a way back. Oh, Eddie. Oh, Eddie. <laughs> dude, she's <laughs> literally living with another guy right now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and he's taller than you. Uh, Anne puts the situation on Eddie, not his job or Drake. It's Eddie who betrayed her trust. Eddie wanders the streets of San Francisco. He stands on the Golden Gate Bridge, pondering life. In his hand, the business card of one Dora Skirth. He calls her. Talk to me. Skirth and Eddie arrive at the Life Foundation facility security gate. Inside the fancy parking garage from earlier, Dora Skirth spills some exposition on Drake. He's scouting space. Okay, listen, I gotta take this slow, because this is what Drake is trying to do. And it's very clear that this will be more than a one-part podcast. (laughs) Inside the fancy parking garage from earlier, Doris Skirth spills some exposition on Drake. He's scouting space for real estate with his space shuttles. They recently discovered a comet on one of their expeditions that was teeming with living organisms. Eddie mocks their discovery of aliens. Skirth explains the concept of symbiotes and hosts and Drake's plan to merge the species in order to live in space. Are you following? That, that's perfectly reasonable, Lee. Okay, so he's found alien organisms. He has decided, or through the six months of testing, they have figured out that these alien organisms... Like, on this... And now you you thought that they had been created by the Life Foundation. No, 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 I never that, said that. Okay. No, I always was just like, dude, like, it... Like, the throwaway line is fine, but it would have been nice to have more than one line explaining where the fuck these symbiotes came from, or like they. And, all you need to know is that they hitched a ride on a comet, and that they we were in, we intercepted. Yeah, because at the beginning, Drake's just like, "Give me my samples," and you're like, "Well, that implies that you've had them before." 
<laughs> well, no, because they recovered them from the comet, and he knows about them, right. so they're his samples. Uh, yeah, sure, sure, whatever. That, that, this is even the <laughs> wrong part of the movie. Don't worry. Well, because then it doesn't make sense for the villain symbiote to want to have merged with Drake and then hitch a rocket back to their home planet. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and Lee, also, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we get there, when we get there, when Venom explains why Riot's here, yeah, like it's we do. It's an ADR line. They don't even show him fucking talking. Uh, <laughs> they added it later yeah, to make it make sense. Yeah, they're like, oh shit, we didn't explain the fucking villain's motives. Damn it. Um, I don't know. I don't know scientistically, but I think hmm. if you found an extraterrestrial species, the first ever. That it would take more right. than six months of research before you're like, let's let's do this thing. Let's spread it on a piece of piece of toast. Like, it took it longer than that to make the COVID <laughs> vaccine for fuck's sakes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Come on, Drake. Uh, a security guard. Well, he's no, because COVID. Drake. COVID is not Drake's problem. Drake's trying to. Th- Drake wants to live light years away from Earth with an alien. Yeah, in his he ass. only needs. He's six, like that's yeah, the future. He only needs six months to do that. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, security guard approaches and Skirth misdirects him, leaving Eddie to do- explore the lab alone. Eddie wanders the Wait, dark lab. Lily, she said explicitly, stay here and do not touch anything. Wh- right. What is the first thing Tom Hardy does? He leaves and he touches everything. That's right. He doesn't just touch shit. He starts breaking shit pretty shortly here. Uh, he sees the remains of several human tests. One of the hosts begins screaming and tapping the glass. It's the homeless woman with the newspapers uh, from earlier. Foreshadowing. Uh, and her name is Maria, by the way. Uh, she asks Eddie for help. He manages to open the door. Maria comes flying out of the chamber at him, clawing and puking a symbiote onto him. <laughs> Security has arrived. Eddie performs several superhuman feats as he runs from the facility on foot. I love how... In the nearby woods. I love how yeah, he sorry. breaks down the glass to rescue Maria, and as soon as she so- shows signs of not moving and the alarm goes off, Tom Hardy's like, ah, fuck it, fuck Maria, I'm leaving. And that's exactly... <laughs> She's homeless after all. She <laughs> yeah. uh, so... He's able to break into this cell using, like, a fire extinguisher or something of the sort. It's very clear that if if the symbiote in Maria is Venom, then can't, can't, can't Venom just make a muscly arm and punch the uh, Maybe off? they're not compatible enough where Venom can manifest. That's the right answer. That's the right answer to my question. <laughs> but it's still fucking stupid. <laughs> anyway, uh... Security has arrived. He performs the superhuman feats and they end up in the woods, which is one of eight locations in this movie. He is flanked and surrounded by the guards in their cool off-road vehicles. Not The, the off-road vehicles are uh, centered on the screen in the same way the Paps Blue Ribbons were in the earlier scene. Yeah. Uh, Eddie disappears. The camera pans to reveal that he is at the top of a very tall tree. Yep. Smash cut. Eddie arrives back at his apartment. Yeah, so He's frantically trying to call Skirth. Yeah, so Lee, after this yes. man breaks into a multi-billion dollar facility... With armed security guards and security cameras. Ability was already at, mind you, that we talked about earlier. Where Carlton Drake is well aware of his presence. What's the first thing that Tom Hardy does after he's done there breaking all their shit and whatever? He fucking... He he goes home and he fucking calls his contact on his cell phone. And he says, "I think a man who kills homeless people and his own employees doesn't have his employees' phones bugged." <laughs> yeah, um, and, and he but says, also read. He says, "Like, I, thank I, you for letting me break in there." Bye. Later in the movie, uh, he 
he is putting the the screws to Jenna Slate, Doris Girth, and he is telling her she needs to tell him who was in the facility. He doesn't have security cameras? Yeah, like... He doesn't have... The, what about, like, the 60 guards that saw his face and were like, man, that was that Eddie Brock guy that was here, like, six months ago. Anyways, maybe they had their cameras turned off, like cops, because they were about to fucking kill a man. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie arrives back at his apartment. He calls Skirth. Something is off with Eddie. <laughs> and I, I put it in all caps and I put like quotations around it because it's it's not really doing the performance justice to say that something is off with Eddie. Uh, but he tries to drink a beer. It's gross. He chugs a glass of water. They're like, do your like man. They're like, do your best alone impression while you eat this food. By the way. Yeah. Oh, uh, more. He eats an entire bag of frozen tater tots before digging into a mostly eaten chicken and chicken out of his garbage. He pukes into a disgustingly dirty toilet while brushing his teeth afterwards. Venom appears in the mirror. Eddie screams and falls back into the tub unconscious. Girl scream. He's like, oh! Yeah, he does like a, he's like a Homer Simpson. Yeah, it's like a, ah! it's, uh, then he just falls backwards. Uh, Venom appears in the mirror. This is something I'm going to refer to as Venom Face or Venom Eyes. This is when, as the audience, uh, that a character looks directly at the camera and either flashes some Venom Eyes or a full Venom Face. If I refer to that, that's what that is. It's not. It's sometimes something that is physically happening, something that is physically appearing. Otherwise, it's something that's implied or happening in a reflection. This happens multiple times in the movie. I just have to... There's a legend here. This is what this means. Uh, Skirth... Some other doctors and Drake stand over the corpse of Maria. The symbiote is gone. One of the other volunteers appears to be alive and well. Drake is happy about this. He fires the security guards on watch and then barks an order to them. Find my symbiote. Well, he's like, you're fired. Find my symbiote. And it's like, So he'll kill Eddie Brock for being witness to these experiments, but he'll just fire the person that's looking at the dead body. Yeah, that guy just just gets to collect like unemployment insurance yeah, and get a job. He's trustworthy. At, uh, Carlton Drake is just like, ah, fuck it, I trust him, dude. <laughs> yeah, these guys are good. <laughs> I didn't even think about this before we started this fucking podcast, and we're like coming up with more plot holes than I ever thought there was. It's well, it's hardly a plot hole when the movie's moving so quickly <laughs> that you can't really think about these things until you really sit and, and pull yeah, them apart. Do not right? think, like, just the, consume. <laughs> the The idea that the bad guy is trying to get these symbiotes to to bond with humans so he can then bond other symbiotes with other humans and therefore sell real estate on other planets so the rich bourgeoisie can leave planet earth like that's is that's big brain timely like you're like the real estate market on earth is too saturated like (laughs) (laughs) the chinese are buying up everything you know what the chinese aren't buying up deep space deep fucking space i'm gonna be the first one there Man, uh, and also, uh, we should note really quick that Venom himself is also voiced by Tom Hardy. Right. What, yes. Actual range. Not bullshitting this time. <laughs> no. Uh, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, Eddie awakens in his apartment and begins scrolling through the photos he took on his phone. At an airport, the old lady from the night market, who is also host to a symbiote, arrives and follows a woman into the bathroom. What a perv. Yeah. <clears throat> Eddie is on the street, desperate to talk to Anne. He finds her in a fancy seafood restaurant. He begins <laughs> ranting at Anne about breaking into the Life Foundation. He's acting crazy and begins eating food off He's of her plate. He's acting brilliantly, Lee. This is the most well-acted so- scene. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> the- Sorry, he is... The emotion <laughs> is, is manic. He's, uh... 
it's 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 oh boy uh <laughs> He starts eating seafood off people's plates. He exclaims, no good, this is dead. Uh, Anne's boyfriend, Surgeon Dan, looks genuinely concerned and is trying to help Eddie in his, his moment. Lee, this seems like the one scene in the movie where Tom Hardy was on his knees begging Flesher or whatever his name is. Let me just try something, okay? Let me just let me just see. Let me just work the room yeah. here. And then, like, uh, this was like, this was like the one for you, Tom, <laughs> was this scene. Just... <laughs> the Mater D says she'll call the cops. Dan vouches for Eddie, saying that he's sick and that it's his patient and that he needs an ambulance. Uh, the 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 entire plot of the movie could have taken a turn if Eddie ends up going to the police with the police here, and then Venom has like a Terminator esque moment where he kills all the cops and busts out of the yeah, police. Like department. an actual anti-hero. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, Eddie crawls into the lobster tank and begins eating live lobsters. Yes. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. This is all good. All right. We're gonna have to wrap it up on part one here, uh, but let's let's get <laughs> let's get through these next couple scenes. Uh, Eddie comes to. He's laying in an MRI machine. Dan had to sedate him and is not present. The MRI fires up and Eddie begins convulsing wildly. The symbiote looking like it may burst through his skin. Eddie and Dan walk through the hospital. Dan assures Eddie that it's not uncommon to freak out in an MRI. An old woman and her dog greet Dan, and the dog is losing it at Eddie. Dan sends Eddie home. Skirth is visited by thugs. <laughs> that seems like a very... That's the next scene. Skirth is... Skirth comes home and there's thugs there. And that's that's it. That's it. She uh, did. Drake and some lab techs... I'm sorry. She did. That's it. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Wait, isn't she dead? Uh, Drake and some lab techs are running tests on the current successful host volunteer. They blast him with sound and find that the symbiote reacts negatively to it over a certain decibel range. Skirth is escorted into the scene and she apologizes to Drake. This is one of four times in this movie that is told uh, that that sound is uh, a weakness of the symbiote. Um, we're going to call it there. Uh, the next scene, Eddie is on a cable car going home and the symbiote is talking to him, telling him he's hungry. We didn't even get to the actual reveal of Venom yet. Um, please stay tuned to other Tits of the Iceberg Universe podcasts. Whether we wrap this thing up in part two on the new Tits of the Iceberg podcast next week, Tuesday, or continue on the regular Venom podcast day of Thursdays <laughs> uh, will be decided. But uh, we'll let you know on either one of those podcasts where to find the rest and then eventually upload both parts as a, uh, uh, a compilation. So thank you for joining us at Iceberg Podcast is our uh, shit. Our, tw- our Twitter handle, leahtitsyicer.com, is my email. Send us questions, topics, anything you think will be interesting. For myself, Lee, and for Reed, thanks for tuning in to the Venom Podcast. Yeah, NMM, play us out. So here we are, our second uh, consecutive week, talking about the movie Venom. Yeah, yes. <laughs> well, one week was not enough. It could not be contained. <laughs> uh, the movie, we, we got about halfway through the movie uh, in, in, on uh, Public Beta Podcast, which was... Uh, uh, what, what do you want to say? Co-opted? What was the word I'm looking for? Uh, became the Venom podcast last week. So here on Tis the Iceberg, we will uh, we will finish our synopsis of the story and eventually release a compilation uh, where you can hear uh, the full review of Venom as it was meant to be heard back to back. Yeah. Reed, have you uh, have you thought any more of Venom? Are you seeing it in a new light? <coughs> Lee, I watch Venom like once a week, so every time I watch it, it's a new experience. Um, you know what? It's you know, so dense. Yeah, every frame. Every frame is packed with so much detail. Um, yes. <laughs> Skirth, the doctor. She's visited by thugs. The the editing in this in this uh, sequence is, is insane. So we bit, more or less left Eddie in a lobster tank. Uh, he believes he's suffering from some kind of parasite. Uh, his ex-girlfriend's 
new boo in Dan, the surgeon, has uh, taken him in as a patient, has given him an MRI, which the parasite did not like. And we, of course, know that it's not a parasite at all. It is, in fact, a symbiote from space. Uh, and it is, it is inside Eddie, and it is talking to him. And he's having a bad time. Uh, Drake, Carlton Drake, the, uh, the villain uh, here, <laughs> apparently without any security cameras or security guards that can recall a man's face, or any, for a billion dollar uh, facility, uh, at least, you'd think he would have such such simple things, but he needs to know from Dora Skirth who was let into the lab uh, and, and what they made off with. So, uh, <laughs> Drake and some lab techs are running, running tests on the current successful host uh, volunteer. They blast him with sound and find that the symbiote reacts negatively to it over certain decibel range. Skirth is escorted into the scene. She apologizes to Drake. We cut to Eddie on a cable car because it's San Francisco, not yeah. New York City, as Reed uh, thought it might have been <laughs> uh, last week. Uh, we hear the symbiote's voice once again, and he says he's hungry. Uh, hungry. That's where we left it off. So without further ado, Reed, if you'll indulge me, a little ASMR for the boys. Uh, we got a uh, sugar-free fruit punch. Rockstar. It's Rockstar season. Only the Rockstars are... Uh, are on sale now. You're out of that energy drink game, so good for you. Yeah. It's just chips and uh, cola for you, or what? what, what no, I, you? just water. Getting elderly, just gotta drink lots of water. Wow. Without further ado, Eddie is forced up to his feet by a force that we cannot see. He holds <laughs> it together until he gets home to make some tater tots. Uh, this time he decides to cook them. Yeah, like he, he's definitely growing into his own here. Yeah, this is the symbiotic relationship. Eddie yeah. is teaching Venom that you can cook the tots, and then I can uh, digest them better. Can yeah. you imagine the shits Eddie has taken? Like, a bunch of black goo that goes back up inside of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> a human skull. Yeah, fucking... Uh, yeah, it's still strange that Eddie Brock is still just going home after he broke into this billion-dollar corporation. But, you know, I, I admire his confidence. Yeah, well, he's kind of on the run, right? That well, the the plot hole here is that Carlton Drake doesn't know it was Eddie Brock when he absolutely fucking should, <laughs> or, or have some kind of security system in place that would would have told him immediately it's Eddie fucking Brock, um, or be suspicious of Eddie Brock having based on what Eddie told him earlier and the fact that that was like secret privileged information that they had already fired a lawyer over that there was no follow up. This is a man who kills homeless people to test pharmaceuticals, but he in no way follows up on Eddie Brock. Yeah, so, or... like, we'll try to kill the reporter who illegally broke into our corporation and found them out himself, but we will not kill the lawyer who has seen all the legal documents that say human experimentation on him. Like, And here we are. Like, yeah. why, well, is, why is Eddie so much more dangerous than Anne when both of them could go to the press and be like, hey, look at this shit? Eddie is also, like relatively credible for a man who seems unhinged yeah uh, <laughs> but yeah so you stupid yeah. <laughs> uh i'm hearing voices too says eddie uh to ann ann calls on the phone confirms that eddie in fact has a parasite according to dan dan's looking at the mri results and he's just like you got you got some black you got some black shit there that's not you don't, that's usually that's not usually there uh that's dan is bad. also on the line and says uh that's normal for parasite victims to be uh hearing voices uh, dan is like reassuring I, eddie over the phone and eddie's I, like i'm hearing okay. shit yeah <laughs> and he's just like going along with it 
He's uh, just like that, he's like this. He's like do parasites make you climb trees really fast? And Dan says it's normal to hear voices. You're like you kind of skipped over the whole tree part here, Dan. Uh, Eddie's the way Eddie describes things though is he's a little a little hyperbolic. It's like it's, uh, you ever climb to tell a what... tree really fast? You <laughs> <laughs> climb a. He's like doing the like the the crackhead neck scratch while he asks this. Yeah. Uh, Dan says it's time for some meds. Eddie is continuously distracted by a voice of the symbiote in his head. He hangs up on Anne. Eddie's neighbor begins blasting music again. Eddie screams and knocks on the door, showing his neighbor a cool. And remember, we talked about this term last time. Venom face. Oh yeah, it's bad uh, to make him turn it off. This is when uh, the venom face. Uh, vibrates through. So I actually uh, didn't think of this the first time around. I thought he was just trying to freak the guy out with the Venom face, but the music is so loud that it's actually hurting Venom, and that's why Venom vibrates through Eddie's you, face. You here see, Lee, that's the that's the that's the detail that you get when you get a guy like Flesher on this project. All right. Yeah, you don't get this with a Doctor Strange. No. Or a, uh, a, a, a Wanda Vision. No. You don't, any of the X-Men movie. You don't get any... Uh, this you don't get this detail. with Scorsese. You don't get this with Spielberg. You get yeah. this with Flesher. It's, this is what you come to that man for. And zom- <laughs> Zombieland movies. Uh, Skirth and Drake are discussing what happened. Okay. Yep. Drake demands to know who she allowed into the lab. As we've discussed, it's completely ridiculous that no one knows Eddie Brock was allowed to open a door and freely... <laughs> Roam this lab where people are. De- there was corpses in a. He opened a door. Anyways, yeah, no cameras in the corpse cages, Lee. Uh, yeah, please, no, no pictures. Uh, yeah. Drake says he will surely <laughs> die if like Drake should literally have like an EMP. Like if you walk into that lab and you don't have uh, clearance or something, it like zaps all your electronic devices and like applies a explosive collar to your neck right. and tells you to stay put he should have live, cameras at the very least like come on yes <laughs> something uh drake says uh he will surely die uh if if they can't bring him back to the life foundation referring to eddie or whomever it is that broke in and took the symbiote drake promises to do things different if skirth will trust him he's gonna change it all he's gonna he's a changed man reed yeah he's had his moment you know what I, I this morning when I woke up, I'm like, I wonder how many homeless people will kill today. Testing uh, my uh, my theories in the lab here. Then a reporter breaks in and steals uh, his his experiment, and it's time it's time to change his ways. He's yeah. saw, he's seen the error. Skirth tells Drake that it was Eddie Brock, straight up, just dead ass. It was uh, right. It was so Eddie. we I got a little bit of a different interpretation of this scene. I think maybe he might have been a little bit genuine when he said we'll do things differently until he heard it was Eddie Brock. And then he's like, oh, okay, now I'm just going to continue being a fucking asshole. Yeah, but who could have she brought in that he would have been okay with? Like, she could have said, like, it was Gordon Ramsay, and he would have been like, oh, well, oh, I fuck, love... I love Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Why did you tell me? <laughs> so now we are going to change everything, because I don't want Gordon to think less of me. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, I didn't consider. See, uh, Drake Lee, tells that's her, another great thing about this movie is that it's it's up to the viewer's interpretation of how you break down these dense scenes. Yeah. This is a man who earlier in the movie already threatened her uh, her family, her, didn't he? <laughs> didn't he ask about like, her kids or something? Anyway, like, uh, Drake tells her that she was it. their best at the Life Foundation before exiting the room and setting the symbiote upon her. Uh, see, if, see, further reinforcing my theory, Lee, if he was always intending to kill her, he would not have been like, things will change, because they're already in the death room. She should have saw Yeah, but coming. this guy has given a fucking biblical speech to a homeless man before killing him. 
Right, but so we know he's clearly a man of the cloth, Lee. And <laughs> what? He's done what some is, reading, this guy. What does the good book say? Forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, he's, he quotes the Bible, and then he's like, and then in the Quran, uh, so Eddie removes some burning tots from a toaster oven, a knock at the door. Venom warns Eddie not to open the door. Eddie does it anyways. It's the thugs from Drake's office. The same thugs. It's it's them. It's the same yeah. guys. Uh, Eddie and Venom argue back and forth over Eddie raising his arms in surrender for some uh, some commie. Uh, one of the thugs shoots a taser at Eddie, and Venom takes over, using tendrils of its own being to beat and maim the thugs. Everyone is down. Venom suggests biting off their heads and piling them in the corner. Uh, more thugs arrive, and Eddie <laughs> makes his escape. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie willing his body through a window and through another window in the building next door. Video from the ordeal is shown to Drake. So... Let me get this fucking straight. Drake has security cameras in other people's apartments, but he doesn't have fucking security cameras in his own He's goddamn got laboratory. Drones, Lee. He's achieved symbiosis. He's a Drake. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, Bring don't you already creature, have a homeless guy? Like that one homeless guy surrounded in yellow that also achieved symbiosis. Like, well, like down. for the most part, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but, like, him having, like, all this footage on his security team and all these mobile trucks and all these drones, but his fucking facility is bare bones? Ridiculous. Also, we don't see Doris Girth die, so it is possible she returns in a sequel as, uh... Shriek? <laughs> as, well, like, let's be honest, maybe. It's Jenny Slate, like, fine actress. You could you could bring her back in a sequel, is right? She, is she in other things? Uh, she yeah she's around, she's in things. Oh, yeah. Well, good for her. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so uh, Drake is watching this. He's a tree of symbiosis. I want them back. This is the first time we see Venom in an action scene, other than just uh, knives coming out of a woman's back and stuff like that. So and uh, is, it even cool. action, Eddie, whole... is it even an action? Is it even an action? Is it even an action scene when all the action is indirectly coming from Tom Hardy rather than actually coming from That's him? That's why it's a unique action scene, <laughs> and it's an action scene that this movie needed because it's a Venom trope, right? It's like the when Spider-Man first gets Venom and the tendril comes out and like almost kills uh, when he's when he's chasing Shocker up the church in the cartoon. And the Venom tendril comes out and tries to murder Shocker against his will, and he saves him. Uh, that it's a trope of uh, of the symbiote, and they had to do this scene. And I thought it was done pretty well. I like that Eddie is reluctant to cause this violence, and he's like apologizing to, to one of the guys at one point. He's like, "Sorry about your friends or whatever." So sorry, As he, like, picks up a ba- barbell and just like fucking slings it into some guy's midsection. Uh, maybe some kills here. We don't see any other than we don't really see anyone die here. Venom, as far as we know, is uh, pulling his punches. Yeah, some, say that. some nice implied murder. That's right, which is what the, which is what PG-13 is for. Uh, Eddie stops to talk to Venom in the reflection of a car window. Venom pins Eddie to a wall with itself. Uh, Eddie tells himself he has a brain tumor, and he's imagining this or some shit. Venom uh, is insulted that he was called a parasite. A drone crashes into the wall, just missing Eddie. And it, it sounds like there should have been more of a pause between those two two thoughts, but the movie doesn't give one, so I'm okay, not giving wait, one. Wait, wait, wait. I feel like... Dude, I think we got this movie out of order. Uh, we definitely don't. Are you sure? Because I'm like 99% sure that the MRI scans come after the bike chase scene. Uh, no. Are you sure? <laughs> I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> Are you sure? There's another scene in the hospital coming up. Okay, that's probably yeah. it. Yeah. 
Okay. D don't worry. Trust me. <laughs> okay. you, you have to trust me when it comes to Venom. Uh, a drone crashes into the wall, just missing Eddie. Eddie mounts his motorbike and hits the road. Armored vehicles and drones chase him. Eddie's arms are enveloped with the Venom symbiote, and uh, we've got ourselves a chase scene. The lead... Uh, the Bill Burr-looking motherfucker uh, is named Treese. His name is Treese, the bald yeah. guy, the tall bald guy, Treese. Yeah, it's like uh, they Drake were. Implores him. <coughs> it's like yeah. they were going to name him Reese, and they're like, no, 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 that's that's not man, that's not tough enough, that's not henchmeny enough. So they just put a T in front of it. Or it's so, because this man is usually like standing in the woods, about to kill people. So they're like Tree. <laughs> yes, Trees. He's in the Treese. It's like poetry. <laughs> it rhymes. Where's my Where's my lead thug who trees trees uh drake implores him not to let eddie get away drones explode bikes are jumped property is destroyed as eddie and venom evade their pursuers sandwiched between two vehicles of bad guys eddie exclaims he's surely going to die venom reaches through the vehicle's windows and sends them into the park cars along the street trees blindsides eddie and venom sending eddie's body to the pavement uh, you know, probably some implied murder again in this scene, especially if anyone was, like, sitting in their car, or, like, smoking a spliff or something like that. Yeah. They, their heads were taken off by this fucking chase scene. Uh, but it was a cool chase scene. San Francisco is a, a pretty sick city to have a chase in with all its hills and, uh, and, uh, scenery and what have you. Foliage. Uh, he lays broken and, frankly, really fucked up on the pavement. Therese approaches, reporting his success to Drake. On his little, like, radio thing. The Venom symbiote emerges from Eddie's skin, healing his wounds and broken bones in the process. The hulking alien stands, gripping and licking at Treese. Another thug fires a slug into Venom's back. Venom bites off his head and escapes as uh, the police arrive. So like the quickest cut of a head bite you've ever seen. Uh, yeah, this is our first time. This is the, the money shot. This is the, you see, here, here he is, ladies and gentlemen. It's Venom. And he looks pretty good. Yeah. I like we don't really talk about it the special effects in this movie but like the symbiote how it acts how it moves it's uh, very venom like <laughs> yeah is is and I consider venom the, the the most media I've consumed of venom is on a still page uh that this this all seems pretty they do a good job here as, yeah, as far as I'm fine. concerned and uh Tom Hardy's performance uh in between is uh is uh, it, it, being the reluctant you know, hero that is very capable is is always interesting. I always like it in a action movie. The uh, the wanted the uh, oh I I can I'm actually a great assassin and I can bend bullets. <laughs> Do uh, you like Hancockly? Yeah, exactly. Uh, <clears throat> so Venom swims across the uh, the bay, spits Eddie onto a buoy for a talk. Venom says Eddie belongs to him. Eddie is a loser. Cooperate and you might survive. Says Venom. Yeah, I, th I, I think it's safe to say throughout the rest of this review that the best part, maybe the only good part about this movie, is the interactions between Venom and Tom Hardy. It makes Tom sense. Tom Hardy and himself. Yeah, it <laughs> it makes sense that it would have good chemistry since they're the same person, both outside and inside the movie. Ha, <laughs> um, ha. Yeah, but just just the quick ramblings and quips they have with one another, the teasing. It's really a uh, high school buddy reminiscent. It's it's a That's good time. It's supposedly what uh, Tom Hardy is referring to when he says a lot of uh, stuff was cut from this movie is a lot of that stuff. Which um, yeah, I would have I would have taken a full movie Lee of Venom where like there is no like bad guy or really plot. It's just Eddie Brock trying to live with Venom. Yeah, bumbling like, around the city and and like stopping crimes where he can. Yeah, and like he, uh, maybe he has a date and then he has another date and like. Venom has to get him from each date while he goes on bathroom breaks. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we have to go to the other date, Eddie. <laughs> and then Tom Hardy's like, hey, I got a virus or something. And then, like, Adam fucking swings him all the way to the other side. So that's kind of the interesting thing about Eddie Brock as a character and uh, his character arc, if you could describe it in this movie, is Eddie doesn't learn anything in this movie. <laughs> He's kind of a fucking idiot and an asshole, and he kind of just ends the movie a fucking idiot and right. an asshole. No, he, he did some pretty heinous shit as a human uh to his to his girlfriend and and seems to have some uh pretty shady tactics to get what he needs obviously he's 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 virtuous he's doing it to expose people who are doing evil things but he himself is not a uh it's not a, a blank sheet of paper so to speak and then uh he's given this immense power the, these godlike powers and he he seems to know right from wrong he seems to be able to teach the symbiote right from wrong as we as we hear later in the movie and stuff like that when he's talking to it but uh yeah, you get you get the idea that a, a switch could be flipped at any time, and like Venom's going to be biting people's heads off uh, on a weekly basis, no matter how long this this relationship goes on. Yeah. All right. The symbiote uh, that was in the astronaut, and then the paramedic, and then the old lady from the market arrives in San Francisco in little girl form. Yes. Okay. Things are moving pretty quick here, so bear with me. Oh Dr. wait, Dan, I didn't, dude. I didn't even think about that later scene when the little girl shows up holy shit when she's just in the lab and he's yeah, just like oh just shows up and carlton we're almost there it's just like what the fuck how'd you get in here and you're like well apparently you have no security <laughs> no you can just walk in the- i thought like that uh eddie maybe swiped a security card or like he's he's he disabled something no th- there's no security you no, walk he- into the lab and you see corpses you yeah see- the al- when the alarm went off for eddie he just left the building yeah. Like they're, they're touring those kids through the lab, and Drake's just like, "Hey, kids, want to see a dead body?" And they're like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, go. yes, exactly." Uh, <laughs> Doctor Dan calls Anne. Eddie's condition is far worse than he thought it was, and they need to bring him in immediately. Immediately cut to Drake. He is flipping out. Uh, the tests continue to fail, as did Treese. Uh, he demands Eddie Brock, uh, and then we immediately cut again. Anne arrives at Eddie's apartment. It's swarming with cops. One of them advises her to get lost, and I quote, There's bodies all over the city tonight. What kind of cop tells that to a fucking pedestrian? He also has, like, kind of an accent to him that's definitely not... Like, they went to Central Casting and, like, we need a cop, and they got, like, the New York City cop. Like, hey, lady, there's bodies all over the city tonight. Yeah, maybe in New York. (laughs) It's from the Northeast. uh, All over the city. There's bodies... There's not only bodies here, lady. There's bodies all over the city. Yeah, yeah, if you if you went back to that chase scene, Venom killed maybe like three people. And those drones were exploding into crowds of like near crowds (laughs) of people. Though someone's got like maybe they're like hurt, but I don't know. There's a deleted rated R aftershock scene, Lee, where it shows all the aftermath of the bike (laughs) scene, where people are like dead in their cars and like their fucking legs are off because of drones and shit. I mean, that's release the Fleischer cut. Uh, <laughs> let's see. There we go. Uh, Anne calls. Uh, he says, "What is this?" Swarm with cops. He says, "This happens all the time." As well uh, is the thing I forgot to add. The cops like it happens all the time. Uh, Anne calls. Eddie forbids her from coming near him as he enters his old offices. The friendly security guard refuses Eddie entrance. Eddie tells him to deliver some photos to the boss. The security guard refuses. Eddie tells Venom not to eat his friend out loud, mind you. Eddie excuses himself. Venom offers to climb to the top of the building instead. Venom takes in the view. He exclaims that Eddie's world looks pretty good from up high and that he'll hate to see it end. 
Eddie questions what he means by that as an airplane falls over, temporarily paralyzing uh, Venom and nearly killing Eddie as he slides down the building. They break into Eddie's boss's office, leaving a note and the evidence. As far as I'm concerned, this is never followed up on again. No, yeah, I was I was going to say, I'm like, I remember this scene very clearly. I remember it having no fucking purpose. Because I don't think there's a... There's a nothing comes back around to this because I think by the time... Uh, by the time the boss gets to this evidence, Carlton, Carlton Drake was dead. <laughs> morphed with an alien and exploded in a rocket crash. Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> like, How do you do? <laughs> Things, shit moves fast in San Francisco, man. Reshoots, uh, Lee. That's, that's all this screams to me is reshoots. And they're just like, fuck, we don't have enough movie for this movie. Keep this scene in, even though it has no fucking bearing whatsoever. So this is also the first implication by the symbiote of any kind. Uh, that they're here to fuck with Earth, but they weren't coming here initially. When they got here, maybe that became the plan, but they were just cruising on a comet, and we recovered them. They weren't, like, coming into the Earth's atmosphere or had a modality of getting to Earth that we know about. They just happened to end up here because Carlton Drake found them and brought them here. Then suddenly we learn that the the lead symbiote, who is in this little girl that we mentioned earlier, uh... Is, is named Riot, even though I don't think they actually named the symbiote that in the entire fucking movie, by the way. No, Venom uh, says his name is Riot. And then, okay, well then I just missed that line, and that's the only reference to it. Right, uh, because if I'm remembering correctly, Lee, in the comics, like, Eddie Brock calls himself Venom because, you know, spiders, poison, Venom, whatever the fuck, right? Sure. But in this movie, Venom is like, my name is Venom. And you're like, you're a fucking symbiote. How do you have concept of real life words and especially the edgy oh, ones? Oh, you can't. You can't, though. You can't start. You can't do that. There's So what you're, what you're talking about is the uh, how smart are the symbiotes, how do they learn. And we know that if they're on a host body, they have Fair access enough. to the okay. host bodies, like memories. And that's how they can learn English and all that kind of stuff. So that scene's just left out of the movie. The idea that these things are able to latch onto these homeless people and volunteers and learn about our culture and our world. And then maybe in that short amount of months where Drake was, was testing the symbiotes, they learned about earth and they, they learned they were going to fucking take it over. That would, have been, that would have been really coolly if they're like, Oh, the symbiotes adopt some of their hosts, like personality traits or whatever. Right. Yeah. And it, like all the bad symbiotes that Eddie Brock didn't take are all addicted to Coke and like heroin and shit. <laughs> they're just like, yeah. Hey man, Got any fucking money? <laughs> Some fucking grift. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's. It, I think that's like a missing scene of the movie. That's an implied thing that took place over the months because the symbiotes weren't coming here. We snatched them out of space, and then, like, I'll believe that they gave themselves names, and which makes it super lame uh, that the symbiotes were like, "Oh, we should give each other names." I'll be Ryan. I'll be Venom. <laughs> like, just so hot topic. No, yeah, edgy all that's them. all that's missing here, Lee, is a line that said, "We were on our way to Earth to destroy it when the scientist man picked us up." Anyway, right. Well, that's not the only thing that's missing. There's a lot missing, but uh, that would that would have solved a lot of issues. I feel like that would have helped in this particular scene where we're we're wondering what Venom is referring to, and then Eddie questions him, and they don't really bring it up again until the end of the movie. Uh, Eddie gets called a pussy for taking the elevator back to the lobby. <laughs> a uh, SWAT team uh, of over a dozen men are waiting with laser sights on Eddie. Eddie warns them not to engage him. They refuse to stand down. And we got ourselves a smoke-filled lobby action scene. Okay. <laughs> Let what? me 
fucking tell you how ass backwards these SWAT teams processes are, okay? Go they're for like it. they're like, okay, we're fighting giant black creature in the middle of the night. Let's throw smoke grenades so we can't see it even more. And then we'll use laser sights so he can see where we are at all moments. Right. They well some of them have goggles. So some if of they had sure. like if they had the night vision and then they pop the smoke and turn the lasers off. But it's nighttime. Uh, Reed, listen. <laughs> it's a SWAT team. They get they they have training. We don't. Who they have to tell- use all the tools. <laughs> <laughs> Venom runs around the room incapacitating but not necessarily killing any of the attackers. <laughs> Wilhelm scream. Uh, Venom uses one man to smash several others before tossing him through several plate glass windows. This man is very likely dead. And other than the man who gets his head bit off is maybe the second for sure casualty on screen. Uh, As the other one... uh, Oh, shit. And then he grabs another one and spikes him into the floor like a football. That guy's probably dead as well. Uh, Venom is about to eat a SWAT member's head when Anne appears. We don't eat policemen, you hear Eddie scream. Uh, Eddie tells Anne that he's very sick and out of control as she escorts him to Dan at the hospital. If you're missing what happened there, Venom takes out a lobby filled with SWAT men and grenades, tear gas, bullets are flying. Anne wanders into this situation. Uh, Eddie regains control and then they just casually walk out. Yeah, there's no car. Yeah, there's no EMTs. There's no like beat cops on the street making sure nobody comes near the situation. There's no backup SWAT group. That how did Anne get get? She walked in the front door like everybody else did. Right, because they sent one SWAT group here, lead the police, and they were like, "Oh, they'll do it. We don't need to check up on them or anything." Yeah, like, there's no helicopter. Yeah, we there's don't. No, yeah, uh, we don't need to like border off the street. We don't need like fucking ambulances let's just get them and then yeah momentum i think what happened here is it's Anne escorting eddie out of the building and therefore if he was stopped by soldiers she would be like oh i'm I'm getting him out of there that monster's still in there or something but again that scene is not in the movie but you can see that in eddie form and could escort him out how did Anne walk through the front door if there are other cops and people posted on this building let's not think about it let's just move on Venom. (laughs) Venom. Uh, Uh, Venom explains to Eddie, who explains to Anne, uh, that sound and fire are the weaknesses of the symbiote. Eddie argues with the Venom voice in his head. Venom tells him to apologize to Anne, as he may not get another chance. Tom Hardy acts a little bit here, and uh, then you hear Eddie (laughs) out loud sincerely apologize. No, I would say uh, the opposite, Lee. Tom Hardy tones it down a little bit and brings it back to Earth for a minute. He gives a, like, downright by-the-books uh, apology. <laughs> the As opposed where... to be like, hey, Ed, I'm fucking wacky lobster man here, eh? <laughs> and a, a drone is shown following them. Uh, after Eddie tells Anne that she he loves her. And obviously you know what Anne this is... scene was... You know what this movie was missing, Lee? You've seen the What's Sonic that? movie, right? I've seen the what movie? Saw movies? The Sonic movie. Oh, shit, yeah, sorry. You, you know why the Sonic movie worked? It was because of Jim Carrey. But there's one scene specifically that made it great, and that's when Jim Carrey was releasing his drones. And he decided to put on a song, and he did a bunch of dance and a bunch of wacky shit. Now, imagine okay. if Carlton Drake did that. I'm just going to leave I you mean, with that. That would help, but that's... I, I, <laughs> the idea with the Jim Carrey performance is uh, that that movie is for children, whereas this movie is for nobody. <laughs> 
I was going to say, and Venom isn't? <laughs> Venom is like, like for us, like it's a love letter to, to this, to whatever this is. Uh, Drake wanders his lab alone. He exclaims, hello? To no one. A little girl wanders into frame. Are you lost? Asks Drake. The girl grips him by the neck with a uh, symbiote tendril, and that scene is over. Uh, see, Lee, a lesser movie would explain why Carlton Drake was wandering his own facility alone with no security. And a better movie, I mean a worse movie, sorry, would also explain how the little girl just fucking wandered in there. Or at least would have shown like a three second scene of the little girl like killing guards along the way. You know what I mean? But no, I not mean, that would have been cool, yeah, because because yeah. Riot's got all those axes and stuff, yeah, but right? Not so she's Venom. just walking down the hallway like not Darth Venom. Vader in Rogue One. Venom, no. Venom is a cut above the rest. We don't need explanations, Lee, when all the viewers are already so smart. And okay, can... so <laughs> I got I got problems. I got like really big problems when you start to dig into the symbiotes. We were just discussing. That the symbiotes ended up on Earth by accident. Yes. We were just discussing how does Venom, so seemingly accustomed to our being able to communicate with Eddie yeah. on on his own terms, uh, and 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 we're thinking, oh, maybe in these many months, that the symbiotes have learned and they've planned. However, this lead symbiote in Riot has been traveling, and we can assume that it has also learned about Earth's culture. But we'll now have to cut caught up on the rest of the developments of what has been happening to the symbiotes because the symbiotes are not communicating that we can know. There, there's no ESP, ESP for symbiotes. They can't talk to each other over long distances, right? Yeah. So, like, what, what are you trying to say here? I'm trying to say that the symbiote in this little girl has been separated from the other symbiotes in this lab for months. Yeah. And shows up and finds Drake and takes him over. It's a... It's a plot convenience thing. It's like they wanted the scene where the symbiote oh, travels through yeah, people's like, bodies you're to get how, to him. Yeah, but, you're wondering how Riot would know right away that Carlton Drake is, like, the man. Or, or how Riot even knows to go to this lab. Has been watching the news, I guess, and the Life Foundation, and yeah, knows that's where right. its other symbiotes See, are. Lee, this is why I thought at the beginning of the movie that they've always had these symbiotes, and then they launched him into space for some reason, and then they fucking brought him back. Because, like, it makes Listen, no... Listen, I can't s- dispute that, because <laughs> yeah. that makes the movie make a whole lot more sense. Right, because now Riot knows who Carlton Drake is. Now Riot knows where all the symbiotes are. Now Riot knows where to get a rocket fucking to get to space is. Right. Were the symbiotes trying to escape previously? What What are they... What is the... What's Jesus going Christ? on here? <laughs> so it's, let's, it'd be... See, on. Lee, this, would, this would, movie would another benefit from another three-second scene. So here's here's my revised scene just before this, okay? Little girl goes up to guard phone booth. Guard at phone booth is like, oh, what are you doing here, little girl? Stab. She walks in after taking control of the guard's body. Sure. Scans a computer. A bunch of stuff comes up, and it just says Carlton Drake, like owner of company or something. <laughs> Likely to be wandering around. <laughs> yeah. Goes in the building, <laughs> finds him. Same scene happens. He's like, "What are you doing here?" Takes over. Bam. See, that would explain so many things. It wouldn't have explained how Riot knew that the Life Foundation was where he needed to go. <laughs> I, I'll buy that Riot was watch, has been watching TV on his travels. Maybe maybe he does have some sort of inherent. Like, oh, this is where the other symbiotes are. Maybe he has, like, a tracking Like, part. listen, they, they were all recovered together. Maybe they could communicate in close proximity. And they he knew that, uh, oh, man, it doesn't... 
So the symbiotes all get taken back to the lab. And one of the symbiotes ends up escaping anyways in Venom. Riot's plan is, I'm going to escape the scene of the crash, and I'll make my way, my own way back to the United States, and be reunited with the symbiotes. Yeah, wait, 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 I'm, now I'm, now I just thought of something, Lee. Yeah. So, he wants to get to the Life Foundation so he can launch a rocket into space, right? That's Riot's goal. Would it not have been easier, considering how compatible he is with so many fucking hosts, to just have gone there initially. <laughs> well, man, I can't because Venom's already referencing a plan to wipe out life on Earth. Right. When so, was that ever brought up pre- previous? Right. It seems like this has always been Riot's plan, but he has like he's like, all right, but I'm gonna make it take way fucking longer because Riot's so powerful that he has already found four hosts that he's compatible with that they don't die instantly. And he's so powerful that he can kill an entire room of scientists in a second. So why would he not just be captured by the Life Foundation in the beginning, go to their fucking facility, and then just break out because he's that powerful? Stupid. Oh, dude. <laughs> like, all right. You're right. You're right. I, I hate that. Uh, I hate that. Uh, Venom, in Eddie's head, argues with Ann and Dan, who want to put Eddie in the ICU. His heart and other organs are fucked up. Venom ensures Eddie can uh, can be healed by him and kept alive. Venom grips Dan by the neck and the trap card is activated. They blast Eddie with sound, separating he and the symbiote before locking the symbiote in a room it quickly escapes from. Eddie has some words for the symbiote before it leaves. Uh, you, you were killing me? You were killing me? <laughs> you were killing me? Uh, the symbiote... <laughs> They're like, all right, Tom, act. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you got it. Uh, pretend there's a blob on the on the fucking window, and you but hate make it. it really funny, really you funny. Were killing, you were killing me. You were killing me. <laughs> the symbiote exists, uh, exits a vent, and enters the room with the small dog from earlier. Eddie calls an elevator and is tased in the heart by Treese and his thugs, who are just freely moving about this hospital, fully armed. Yeah, and sees the dogs, uh, whose eyes flash venom. <laughs> and we all know what that means. And I uh, and. and Okay, so that's the end of that scene. It just, just it's, a, that. Yeah, it's just implied that Venom <laughs> inside the dog leaves the dog at some point and enters Anne inside this packed hospital, and no one gives a shit. Treese and his thugs have Eddie tied to a chair in the lab. Eddie gets spicy and headbutts Treese. Drake enters and excuses the assorted thuggery. He demands to know where Venom is before losing his cool and revealing that he himself Worth is host Venom. to a symbiote. <laughs> that appears to be even bigger and badderer than the Venom symbiote. Drake orders Treese to take out the trash with the symbiote. Uh, without the symbiote, Eddie is useless to this Drake. This is so fucking backwardsly. <laughs> like, we have established that there is no security cameras or anything in this basement experimental level of the Life Foundation. Otherwise, Eddie would have been caught way, 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 way before in the movie, right? This man has an army of drones. You can't just have a drone patrol the hallway. Yeah, so why the fuck would you just not shoot Eddie Brock there? Why do you gotta bring him out into the woods? Because he's a bad he's a bad guy. He doesn't do his own Well, dirty you know, work. we bought this set. We gotta use it twice. <laughs> <laughs> we planted all these goddamn trees. Uh trees and his uh oh sorry, we we missed a piece here. Uh, uh, yeah, so Drake and his uh his symbiote have an aside. And Drake promises to retrieve the lost symbiote. So Riot 
is really interested in getting Venom back. I don't I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, reasons. Uh, Trees and some thugs escort Eddie back into the woods from earlier in the film. Eddie is beaten down to his knees. He distracts the thugs as an off-screen Venom clears them out, biting the head off Trees before making out with Eddie and passing the symbiote back to him. Yeah, that's what Lo we be- really needed in this movie. Uh, lo and behold, it is Anne, uh, who is also a good match for Venom, and I uh, was able to wield it here without any negative health effects or or onset craziness. Uh, or she could have gone through some shit while Eddie was yeah, kidnapped. We so, don't know how much, how much time passed. Little insight here for anybody that knows a little bit of the comics. Anne in the comics is a character. She is Eddie Brock's girlfriend. And she did get the Venom suit for a little bit. However, sure. when she took off the Venom suit, it was so fucking batshit crazy that she immediately killed herself. In this scene, she's just like horny. Yeah, in this scene, she's like, what kiss? I don't know, what kiss you're talking about? Hee 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 Oh my god. Yeah, and it gets brought up at the end of the movie again, too. So anyway, uh, Venom with tits. Open mouth kisses Eddie Brock. Yeah, and, and then uh, Anne's, Anne's cheating on Dan here. Let's not get No, no, Anne is not in... Con- it, the, she, she's like Venom, do as you will, and that little dog cough the venom into her and then she's in the woods so then in uh, canon venom's like i'm gonna i'm gonna make out with tom hardy really quick i guess venom doesn't have a gender we also are asking how uh, conscious the person in the symbiote is when the symbiote takes over uh, eddie always seems conscious. to be keeping up with it and like and having a discourse with the with the suit but Anne in this case murders a bunch of guys and bites off a man's head and clearly remembers doing it uh, as of the end of the movie. Yeah, cause she's so, like, oh, I just bit that man's head off. Hee <laughs> hee. Yeah, she's a little fucked up. Uh, a <laughs> little fucked up. Venom reveals the plan of the symbiotes to invade the Earth. Venom explains he's a loser on his home planet, but on Earth he could be more. He's decided to stay. Being bonded to Eddie has changed his outlook on the situation. Yep, when I'm bonded to uh, an unemployed New Yorker, I, I know my outlook on life improves. <laughs> Drake watches a rocket prepare for takeoff. As soon as the launch is locked in, Drake transforms into his symbiote form and murders some of his <laughs> for employees. For no reason. <laughs> Drake I, leaves Lee, from I the command center. Listen, yes, I, don't, I don't know how difficult rocket launchers are to pull off Lee, but I think rocket you need launchers or rocket launches <laughs> rocket launches I'm pretty sure you need a few people behind the computers to make sure that it works properly listen for everything they don't explain in this movie I was <laughs> when I was writing down my notes I'm like no the guy says it's locked in it it's going then Drake's like okay there's nothing more you can do for me I know how a rocket works from the inside and I'm now going to murder some of the people in the room. He doesn't that's kill not, everybody. That's not he how kills this works. <laughs> most of them. He leaps from the command center and heads for the rocket. As you, as you do. He's in such a rush. <laughs> oh, Jesus! <laughs> exclaims Eddie as he sees the hulking symbiote pounce. He's got shit you've never seen, warns Venom. The symbiotes fight. Drake's symbiote is able to quickly create dangerous weapons that aim to take Venom apart. The men inside the symbiotes get some punches in as the symbiotes contort around them. Drake absorbs Venom for a time before both hosts are expelled from their symbiotes by Anne. She is playing a high frequency on a loudspeaker. How the fuck did she get there so quick? Listen. (laughs) Uh, The noise of the rocket, however, is not the same. Even though the noise of the rocket has been used in previous iterations of Venom to separate the, the, the airplane from earlier in the movie, for example. Jet engine was enough to drive consistency is for good movies lee let's move on 
That's right. Uh, Eddie and Drake battle it out, like actually the humans. Eddie attempts to murder Drake by kicking him off a platform mid monologue. Yeah, like, Eddie turns I love yeah. I love this scene too because like Tom Hardy is like a fairly he's a fairly fit man. But Carlton ah. Drake has got to be, like, 120 pounds soaking wet. He's wearing, like, Converse All-Stars and, like, a white shirt. Like, Eddie, Eddie Brock, like, Tom Hardy is all 5'9". So if he's standing next to you and you look small, you're you're a little guy. Yeah, he should beat the shit out of him here. <laughs> no, he just kind of, like, punts him off the platform. Eddie turns his back and is impaled by a symbiote-created piece of metal. He lies dying. Drake and his symbiote climb and enter the rocket. Venom crawls to Eddie curing him before jumping to the rocket window to taunt drake and uh and and his symbiote and before riding the blade uh that was previously inside of eddie brock down the fuselage of the rocket it explodes drake and his symbiote are incinerated the blast catches venom and eddie as well venom slows eddie's fall by becoming a parachute and presumably burning up eddie crashes into the sea you can hear eddie go venom no the the it's a it's a bit of a trope the alien friend the newfound powers the blah 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 goes away at the end of the movie and then it's a coin flip if they come back or not right that's a that's a thing that happens sure. in movies yeah Eddie and Anne are catching up on the stoop in San Francisco Anne is planning to do some pro bono work Eddie explains he wants to focus on the written word instead of expose reporting Anne says she's sorry about Venom Eddie looks pensive. He asks her if she'd like to discuss the three-way kiss between her, Venom, and Eddie. <laughs> Venom's voice can be heard saying, she has no idea we're going to win her back. Eddie excuses himself from the conversation and encounters Stan Lee. Stan implores him not to give up on her, both of you, he says. We won't, replies Eddie. Eddie has a discussion out loud with the symbiote inside of him. He describes the differences between good and bad people and who is prime for eating. Venom wonder, wonders how he will be able to tell the difference. Eddie says he'll know. Venom threatens to eat Eddie's liver if they don't get some grub. Eddie wanders into the bodega for food, and the same robber from earlier appears. Venom takes over the situation and confronts the thief. He cuts a promo. Hold on a sec. <laughs> you know, they say all Venoms are created equal. <laughs> <laughs> you come in here again. In fact, you go anywhere in the city praying on innocent people we will find you and eat your arms and legs and your face off your head you will be this armless legless faceless thing won't you rolling down the street like a turd in the wind <laughs> do you feel me what the hell are you whimpers the robber we are venom on second thought venom devours the thief eddie says uh, good night to the clerk eddie no, and venom he says i might got a parasite or something or something like that. She's she was okay with this robber uh, being devoured in her store in front of her very eyes. She was more concerned about Eddie, <laughs> and yeah. the monster living inside of him. Uh, yeah, he he explains it's a parasite. She says good night, and Eddie and Venom walk out into the night. Uh, the world is their oyster. Venom by Eminem plays over some fancy credits, but that's not the end of the movie. That's right? not it. Mid credits scene because this movie could not trust you to wait till the end of the credits. Uh, Eddie is escorted in uh, by a prison guard through an old-looking prison. Eddie is warned about the man he will interview. Woody Harrelson, in a carrot-top wig, sits in an iron cage. He's writing on the cell wall in what appears to be blood. Eddie is escorted into an iron cell and locked in. The prisoner, described as red, 
sits in another smaller cell within that cage. This is Cletus Cassidy, a serial killer, a madman. He jaws with Eddie for a time and invites him to come closer. When I get out of here, he says, there will be carnage. <laughs> Ten full minutes of credits follow the end. Venom! Venom! Reed, thank you for joining me. Uh, this was this was fun. Uh, I, I think we can both say, without a doubt, that we both genuinely enjoyed the movie Venom, a movie that took some of the lessons of the newer, more popular, more critically acclaimed superhero movies and mixed it with the old trash Thomas Jane Punisher Blade era. <laughs> ben Affleck Daredevil. Yeah, the really misled era of uh, comic book uh, movies and stuff like that and, and found a, a, a symbiosis uh, and lucked out with the lead character here, Eddie Brock, played by Tom Hardy, who makes this movie endlessly entertainable, uh, entertaining to watch on repeat uh, watchings and stuff like that. And uh, it's a movie uh, we'll continue to enjoy for years. And we can't wait for Venom 2, which was delayed <laughs> to, to next year or some shit. But we'll, uh, we'll get back around to it. Oh, Jesus!